0: Welcome back everybody. I am your host Michael Quatramani. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Hope you're doing hope you're doing well. Recording right now. It's 2 Wednesday, after- Wednesday afternoon. Around 2:30. The sun is still peeking out. And I'm just hanging out. Just t- trying to deliver you guys the football content so as the intro is going to wind off right around here there we go um before i continue please 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 make sure to check out our new podcast i know i know you know oh michael you're in like 18 podcasts i know i know well i'm starting a new one it is called the red zone room me along with 440 sports you probably know him from tiktok we are starting our own podcast. So it is going to be a ton of fun. We're gonna be we actually just put out a video yesterday about our division winners. Uh go check that out on YouTube, just the red zone room. You can look it up, it should show up. Um and then tonight actually, I'm recording a podcast with the four and one, and we are going to give our predictions for this weekend's game. So I was saying to myself, I'm like, last weekend I did the predictions for um for the wild card. I just really just gave my Super Bowl pick and all that good stuff. Well, I mean, you guys already know who I have the win in the Super Bowl. But anyway, you I already gave all that. But I'm like, you know what? I've already given those picks in two of my podcasts. I just like... You know, I don't want to bore you guys anymore if you listen to the other ones. So, if you don't listen to the other ones, make sure to go do that because if you are actually interested in who I picked and the reasoning for, I got a lot of hot takes. Go check out those episodes. The 4-in-1 episode should be up on Thursday. So, if you're listening to this on a Thursday, go check the 4-in-1 podcast on YouTube and that video will be up with me and my two other buddies giving our takes. Um... So yeah, so today, actually, I have a little bit of a different thing that we're going to do. We're going to do something which I like to call hot topic. Basically, I just went on ESPN and I looked at the standings and I just looked at every single team and I just said, okay, what are the biggest topics, biggest like debates and, you know, d- d- decisions? That each team has to make. So I narrowed it down to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So I have nine things that I'm going to cover in this podcast. Nine, I guess you could say, questions. Okay, we have nine questions uh, that I'm going to cover in this podcast. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Super excited to do this. Um, we're gonna start off the first question today. Should what should the Texans do with Deshaun Watson? So to me. If Deshaun Watson is willing to play for you, it just doesn't make much sense for, to me to trade him. Talents like Deshaun Watson, they don't just come and go. You're not going to be able to draft another Deshaun Watson. You, it, that, that just doesn't happen. Right. So you need to get him pieces that will help him win. Look at what the Bucs did for Brady. On top of Godwin and Mike Evans, they went out and they traded for Gronk. They signed Leonard Fournette. They traded up in the first round for a lineman. They spent a third router on a James White type running back. All the Texans did was trade away the second best receiver in the league for nothing. Like, it just doesn't make much sense to me if you're the Houston Texans to say, yes, you know, Deshaun Watson's a great talent but we're not going to give him what he wants in order to stay here, if that makes any sense. I think the Texans would be idiotic if they didn't go out and either sign a few wide receivers, get him an offensive line, let him have some sort of influence over who the head coach is going to be for this team because, again, like I said, Deshaun Watson isn't a talent that just comes and goes. So that is my thoughts on Deshaun Watson. I I genuinely think that the Texans will end up holding on to him because they will realize how good of a talent he is. Um, I've seen a lot of a lot of uh, words about the Texans potentially signing Eric Bien-Aimé, um for the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. To me, that'd be a home run. Because I'm pretty sure, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Deshaun Watson has openly said that like he'd be a great uh, candidate for this role. So again, does it make much sense to me for them not to go out and get a, lie like a guy like get a guy like enemy who would be a great great addition for this team? Uh, the offense has been good; it's probably been top fifteen in the league. But when you have a quarterback of the caliber of Deshaun Watson, it should be better, and it's not Deshaun Watson's fault. It's the Houston Texans' fault for not getting him pieces because Will Fuller is a free agent this year. And I'm telling you right now, if the Tex like, I don't think signing Will Fuller back will be enough to get Deshaun Watson to stay. It, but I will say, if they let Deshaun, if they let Will Fuller go, I would be very and like, and then don't um get a replacement for him. I would be extremely surprised if Deshaun Watson doesn't demand the trade because that just to me that make no sense. Uh, But the second question we are going to cover on the day is going to roll So, should the Steelers stick with Ben Roethlisberger? Similar to Sean Watson, it just doesn't make any sense to me to get rid of Ben Roethlisberger. If he's willing to come back, but you try to go in a different direction, you're going to owe him $41 million dollars. I mean, are you telling me that you think Mason Rudolph is the real deal after what you've seen from him? Like, what is their backup plan? Because to me, it seems like they just don't have one. Or do you really feel like you trust your draft pick at 24 to go out and get a proven quarterback talent that can come into your system and be a, a good talent right away? Because right now, do do the Steelers have good young talent? Absolutely they do. But I would, differ, I would beg to differ that the Steelers are in win-now mode right now. They, they they need to win right now because they have a lot of contracts that are going to be expiring in the next few years and a lot of proven young talent that is going to ask for for bigger contracts and the Steelers can't pay everybody. So that is why I think... The Pittsburgh Steelers are in win-now mode. They need to win now because if they don't, they're going to catch themselves in a sim- in a situation very similar to the Saints where they're going to be way over the salary cap because they pay just too many players, and they're not going to be able to pay everybody. So I think the Steelers should stick with Ben Roethlisberger. It just doesn't make much sense to me. For them to move on from him, you, just, you owe him way too much money. Um, and and I think you can either, you can trade for a, you could sign a quarterback late in the draft, like not late, but like a, like a second or a third round pick. Um, I personally, I think the Steelers should go out and get, um, go out and get Najee Harris with the first pick like that. Just to me or Travis Etienne. to me, the only part of their offense that needs help is the run game. That's it. And you may say, oh, well, you know, the the receivers... No, 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 no. The reason that the receivers in the past game started to to play worse towards the end of the year was because the run game wasn't playing well. When defenses knew that James Conner and Benny Snell couldn't run the ball and the Steelers ranked dead last in rushing yards per game... Defenses could easily key on just stopping Ben Roethlisberger and forcing him to throw the ball. That's why Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 68 times in the wild card, and they lost. Because when you're a 38, 39-year-old quarterback is throwing the ball 68 times, you're not going to win a lot of football games. Really, if you if your name isn't Patrick Mahomes, I don't see you winning many football games. If for any quarterback throwing the ball 68 times, that just doesn't make sense any sense to me at all and I I think the only thing they need to do offensively is just get a run game the old line is fine the receivers are developing did Deontay Johnson have drop problems sure he's still a young receiver he's going to get better and I feel like in that case they are in win now mode so those are my thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers but third question we got what should the Colts do with their quarterback situation as we all know Philip Rivers did play a season in Indianapolis. It wasn't, you know, crazy good, but it was a season. So uh, to me, the Indianapolis Colts are a quarterback and a receiver away from being a Super Bowl contender. That's it. They just remind me so much of New England. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league, a very strong defense in an up and coming run game. Jonathan Taylor looks like the real deal. They have a ton of money that they can spend in free agency. So if I'm the Colts, I say, thank you, Philip Rivers. Thank you for your stay. And I would go in a complete different direction. Say either Alan Robinson, Kenny Galladay, or Chris Godwin. You sign, say they're all free agents. Sign one of them with the promise of saying, you're going to get a star quarterback. We're going to be winning a ton of football games. And then empty your pockets. Empty your draft picks for Matt Stafford. He is your guy. He is a proven quarterback talent that you know can he can come in here, and if he has wide receivers to throw the ball to and time in the pocket, you know he's going to make good throws, and he can win you football games. The reason he couldn't win in Detroit is because he didn't have defenses. Now he does. When Matt Stafford has had a top 12 defense, he's made the playoffs every single year. And right now... The playoffs isn't enough for Indianapolis right now. This team wants more than the playoffs. And I don't blame them. Look at the talent they have on their team and look at the balance they have of young talent and proven veterans. It's They're literally to the point where they don't really need to draft anyone right now for, for younger talent. That's what I'm saying. They can trade those the, that that talent away for a Matt Stafford. If you can bring in a talent like Matt Stafford, then they're competing for a Super Bowl, and I stand by that. Next question on the, on the dock. Should the Dolphins keep Tua Tungavailoa? Yes. Yes. I, I, I don't know why they won. It makes very little sense to me. Unlike the Pittsburgh Steelers, this team isn't in win-now mode. This team doesn't have like one or two more years and then they're going to be at the bottom of the league. No. They have some of the most young talent and players who have multiple years remaining on their contracts. Every single player they signed That's on their team right now They signed last offseason for multiple years There's no reason for the Dolphins To move on from Tua With the assumption that oh they're in win now mode No he's a developing Rookie quarterback Again you're not going to find Proven young talented Quarterbacks in the first season like Justin Herbert that just doesn't happen a whole lot And we would have seen Joe Burrow if he didn't get hurt Him too Tua is a developing quarterback I just—you gotta give the guy time. And everybody's acting like Tua had a bad rookie year. He went seven and three. He was an efficient quarterback. And, and that offense was dealing with injuries literally the entire year. I can probably name to you maybe two or three games, maybe four, where Devonte Parker, Miles Gaskin, and Micah Siki were all on the field at the same time. You know, um, Tua Tonga was top three talents. Probably three games. Three games where the three of them were all healthy. How are you supposed to win like that? When you're a rookie quarterback and you have that little talent on offense, how are you supposed to win? Their wide receivers created the least amount of separation in the NFL. The entire offense ran on jump balls. And if you think I'm wrong, watch one possession. Watch one possession of Miami football and tell me that they didn't just run possession balls to Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki. You can't. That's all they did. So yeah, give... Tua, another year. Give give him another year to prove that he can be a generate not generate, but he can be a franchise quarterback. Because you put him in for half the season, quarterbacks aren't gonna be able to prove that they're this crazy talent in half a year. It doesn't happen. So give him time, and he can be a great quarterback. Next question, similar to Tua, uh, is Daniel Jones the answer? No, <laughs> he's not. Daniel Jones is not the answer. Through 24 starts, he has more turnovers than Jamarcus Russell, and Jamarcus Russell is widely known or widely thought of to be the one of the worst busts of all time. What, what is it about Daniel Jones that keeps people thinking that he can be the real deal? I just, I just don't get it. I really, really don't. Even when he had Saquon Barkley, people claim, oh, he was this great. Gr-. No, he wasn't. He wasn't that great of a quarterback, even with Saquon. Wasn't that great? So, what is it about Daniel Jones that is so enticing to say, yeah, he could still be good? Is it because of the draft pick? Because then you're going to get yourself in the same situation as Mitch Trubisky in the Chicago Bears. Like, yeah, he's shown flashes sometimes, but he can't be a consistent quarterback. But he was the number two pick. So, we got to stay with him. And I understand with Mitch Trubisky because he went 12-4 and and made the Pro Bowl. Daniel Jones has done nothing. He's done nothing. People are saying this is a successful season for Daniel. He they went six and ten. I know the quarterback isn't com- like entirely responsible for the record, but I mean, come on. There were many, many games this season where Daniel Jones was asked to make a big throw or make a big play or keep a lead and he couldn't. So what is about Daniel Jones that is making Giants fans and anybody around? I'm not saying every single person is pro-Daniel Jones because there are a, a, an abundant amount of people that aren't. But what is making these people think that Daniel Jones can be a good quarterback? I don't understand. You got to move on. Next up, though, we I actually just talked about him um, with Daniel Jones. Can the Bears be contenders or should they try to rebuild? So to me... I don't think that Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky can coexist together. I just, I, I think one of those guys has got to be moved. Either Matt Nagy gets fired or they move Mitch Trubisky. It just doesn't make any sense to me to keep both of them because obviously they just can't coexist together. I was never a big believer in Mitch Trubisky even after he went 12 and 4 and made the Pro Bowl. But if Allen Robinson is leaving, it's time to let go of guys like Jimmy Graham. So that you could develop your younger talent like Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery. Sometimes a coach and a quarterback, they just don't mesh well together. Sometimes it just doesn't work. It's not saying that the quarterback is necessarily a bad quarterback or the coach is necessarily a bad coach. But sometimes it just doesn't work. So I think that's what's happening right here. I think Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky just can't get on the same page for some reason. And I feel like there needs to be some sort of change of scenery at the coach position. That's just what I think about Mitch Trubisky. I'm not. I know I may may sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, and I really don't mean to be. But I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky's a bad quarterback because he's not. He's not bad. Uh, I will say though that 12 and 4 record is is greatly raised up by that defense that he had uh, two years ago. But I mean the defense is still good, and it just it's really hard for me to think that in an offense. Without Alan Robinson and Jimmy Graham, Mitch Trubisky will be better next year because Mitch Trubisky really didn't have that great of a year. So it's just – it's really hard for me to think that next year he's going to be any better. Um, like, I so this this year he had – he went 6-3 and three with a 67% completion uh, percentage, thrown for 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. I mean – Again, it's not bad. It's just... It's it's really not that good. Uh, I mean, he had multiple game Like, zero touchdowns, one pick. One touchdown, one pick. One touchdown, zero picks. One touchdown, one pick. One touchdown, zero picks. But then he also had games against Houston. Three touchdowns, 267 yards, uh, thrown for 72%. And he had games against Detroit. 242 and three touchdowns. Passing for 55%. Like... He just can't be consistent. And that's the only problem, not the only problem, but that's one of the blaring problems to me about Mitch Trubisky. So if he can get more consistent, yeah, I guess he could be a start, a good quarterback. But as of right now, I'm not on the Mitch Trubisky train. But next question. What are the Lions going to do with Matt Stafford? So for me, I think that the for the last half a decade, the Lions have been just on the brink of rebuilding and trying to compete, and they can't really decide what they want to do. But I think it's finally time to cut ties with Matt Stafford and draft your quarterback for the future. I don't care who it is, but when you have the seventh pick of the draft, whatever on your quarterback board, whatever quarterback you see that's number one, I think you take them and you don't think twice about it. You won't be setting them up for Failure like you did with Sam Darnold in New York, because if you sign Kenny Galladay, if you sign him back, you are then giving the new quarterback some good talent like DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and like I said, Kenny Galladay. Take what you can for Matt Stafford and just build around your new quarterback. Matt Stafford's a great quarterback, but he's 34 years old, and I think that it. He, I don't really think there's much more that he can offer Detroit. I don't think Matt Stafford is good enough to raise this team to a playoff. They they just can't. And, And I don't think you should be asked to do that because you should know your limits with Matt Stafford. And Detroit is in no position to be doing that. So if you get a new quarterback, the Lions will then have a new head coach, a new quarterback, a solid running back, and you think you have a good tight end then all you really need to do is just develop your defense and get the guy an offensive line so he's not getting dropped every time. That's what I think the Lions should do with Matt Stafford. Again, Matt Stafford's not a bad quarterback. You know how I feel about Matt Stafford. I think he can win a Super Bowl. I've said it multiple times now. But I think it's time to move on. All right, so we let's actually kind of run through this podcast, but our second-to-last question, what are the Saints going to do after Drew Brees is gone This is a very, very difficult situation for the Saints. I feel like the Saints are going all in around a 40-year-old declining quarterback. It just doesn't make much sense figuring how this is probably going to be his last season. Drew Brees is not going to be a quarterback next year for the Saints. I just don't think it will happen. There have been multiple signs that he will retire after this year. They are $90 million over the cap, and they are going to have to release a ton of their players and a lot of good talent to stay under the salary cap. Sure, they have a solid quarterback room with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, but if the Saints can't surround them with good talent, then why does it matter? The Saints need to figure out their quarterback for the future, whether it's Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. You got to figure that out, and you got to figure out a way how you can maintain your salary cap, because right now, they cannot. So... That's all I think about um, the Saints. I I don't know. I don't know. Look, Saints are a great team. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just think that there, there are many things that this team needs to do uh, in order to stay under the salary cap and still compete post-Drew Brees. If this, if this team wants to compete post-Drew Brees, because I think every team wants to compete, <laughs> I think they need to figure out their quarterback situation. So... For the last question on the day, we got: How can the Seahawks? Sorry, <clears throat> how can the Seahawks become Super Bowl contenders? It's like it's one of the easiest things in the NFL. Just get Russell Wilson an offensive line. I think there, there, there are three court two. I would say two quarterback, three quarterbacks in the NFL that can single handedly carry a team to the playoffs, and, and possibly carry them to a Super Bowl. I think Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Those three guys, they they you can keep, they can carry a team to a playoffs, to a Super Bowl. They can. But what Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers have is an offensive line. Russell Wilson just doesn't have one. He just doesn't. So if you get him one and you keep on signing younger talent for your defense, so you can keep opposing offenses off the field, then I, I just don't see how Russell Wilson would be kept out of the Super Bowl. Especially with, I mean, the Bucs can't stay afloat forever. The Saints are going to, like I said, they're going to fall at some point. Are we really going to trust Jordan Love after Aaron Rodgers is gone? I I don't know. It just seems to me like the the, the teams that are really going to be contending in the Western, uh, the uh, NFC, to me, it's going to be the Seahawks. It's going to be the Rams if um, Jared Goff can be good. And I guess the Cardinals with Kyler Murray progresses. Like honestly, in the 49ers when they get healthy, that, that that's it. I mean, that's it. Aaron Rodgers is gonna retire in three or four years. Drew Brees is gonna retire. They have a ton of salary cap issues. Buccaneers are gonna find themselves in a similar situation similar to the Saints where they just can't keep everybody. That's gonna open the door for Seattle. If they can get younger talent on offensive line, don't be surprised if Seattle wins a Super Bowl in like three years. Honestly, this team can be a legitimate contender if they can just get an offensive line. That's really it. Honestly, there's really not a whole lot more in this team really needs to do. But I think, ladies and gentlemen, after I think 23 minutes, I think we're sitting around 23 minutes, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I really appreciate all of you for staying till the end. Uh, If you did stay till the end, thank you. Um, So that's going to do it for me. Really appreciate all of you listening to the Tailgate Podcast. Once again, my name is Michael Quadramani. All of the things that I mentioned prior at the beginning will be linked down below. That's including the the TikTok, the Instagram, the Twitter, uh, the Red Zone Room, the 41 Podcast. All of those things will be linked down below. Go check all those things out. Uh, and I would really, really appreciate that. So, again, this is going to wrap it up for the 4-in-1 Podcast. Really appreciate you all for staying until the end. And I will catch you guys next week. See ya.